0: You are listening to A Cup of Tea with the DBE, brought to you by the Daughters of the British Empire. The Daughters of the British Empire is a 501c3 nonprofit American Society of Women of British or Commonwealth birth or ancestry, sharing and promoting our heritage while supporting local charities and our senior living facilities across the U.S. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 22 of A Cup of Tea with the DBE. The Sir James M. Barry chapter in Toledo, Ohio, is holding a Jane Austen tea next Saturday, April 2nd, from 1 to 3. Tickets are $35 through Eventbrite, and I will put a link in the show notes. As promised in the last episode, there are a few more women I wanted to touch on before Women's History Month comes to an end. Women of the 20th and 21st centuries. Women from my lifetime and yours. Women who continue to pave the way forward to true equality and justice. So, pour yourself a cup of tea and get comfortable. In 1950, the woman who would become St. Teresa of Calcutta founded the Missionaries of Charity, a Roman Catholic congregation of over 5,000 nuns running homes for those suffering from HIV-AIDS, leprosy, now known as Hansen's disease, and tuberculosis. They also ran soup kitchens, dispensaries, mobile clinics, family counseling programs, orphanages, and schools. And I can say that for the entirety of my lifetime, Mother Teresa has been the epitome of selflessness and charity. In 1962, she received the Padma Shri, the fourth highest civilian award offered by the Republic of India. She won the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979 for her work undertaken in the struggle to overcome poverty and distress, which also constitutes a threat to peace. She refused the traditional ceremonial banquet, and instead asked that its $192,000 cost be given to India's poor. In her Nobel lecture, she said, I found the poverty of the West so much more difficult to remove. When I pick up a person from the street, hungry, I give him a plate of rice, a piece of bread. I have satisfied. I have removed that hunger. But when a person that is shut out, that feels unwanted, unloved, terrified, the person that has been thrown out from society... That poverty is so hurtful and so much, and I find that very difficult. The following year, in 1980, her civilian award was raised to the Bharat Ratna, the Republic of India's highest. Mother Teresa died in 1997, and upon her passing, former UN Secretary General Javier Perez de Coelar said, She is the United Nations. She is peace in the world. Wellington nurse and journalist Nancy Wake was living in France when World War II broke out. She started working as an ambulance driver until France fell to the Germans and she joined the Pat O'Leary Escape Network, which helped Allied soldiers and airmen evade capture and escape after they had been stranded or shot down in occupied territories. The Germans eventually caught on to the escape network, so Nancy fled to England. It wasn't until after the war was over she found out that her husband had been captured and executed. In England, Nancy joined the Special Operations Executive... In 1945, she received the George Medal awarded by the United Kingdom. She was also awarded the Medal of Freedom by the United States, the National Order of the Legion of Honor by France, which is the highest order of merit for both militia and civilians, the Order of Australia, and the badge in gold from New Zealand. All her medals are on display at the Australian War Memorial. After the war, she continued working in intelligence and politics. She remarried and later in life was well known for her love of a, quote, bloody good gin and tonic. A woman after my own heart. (laughs) Indira Gandhi, born five years after Nancy Wake to India's first Prime Minister, would go on to become the third Prime Minister, as well as India's first and only female Prime Minister. She was also the second longest serving Prime Minister after her father. Indira Gandhi strongly supported the secession of East Pakistan, now Bangladesh, from Pakistan, and was the first government leader to recognize Bangladesh as a new country. After a turbulent career with accusations of misconduct, as well as a poor response to an extremist takeover, she was tragically assassinated in 1984 by two of her own bodyguards. Despite the controversy, Indira did not shy away from doing what she thought was best for her country in a male-dominated arena. She was posthumously given Bangladesh's highest award for her support in the secession from Pakistan. Meanwhile, Faith Thomas was training hard, becoming South Australia's first Indigenous nurse to be employed as a public servant, as well as making waves in the cricket world. From 1956 to 1958, she played for the South Australia women's team until she was selected for the 1958 Australian women's team, making her the first Aboriginal woman selected to represent Australia in any sport. Now one of my personal heroines, Dame Jane Goodall, English anthropologist and primatologist who has spent the last 60 years studying chimpanzees. In 1977, she created the Jane Goodall Institute, and in 1992 went on to establish a rehab center in the Republic of Congo for chimps who had been orphaned by illegal bushmeat trade. Two years later, she founded the Take Care Project to protect chimpanzee habitats from deforestation whilst educating communities on sustainability in agriculture and providing reproductive health education and scholarships to young women. She was named a Dame Commander of the Most Excellent Order of the British Empire in 2004. has also been given the honorific title of the United Nations Messenger of Peace, which is bestowed upon those distinguished individuals carefully selected from the fields of art, music, literature, and sports, who have agreed to help focus worldwide attention on the work of the UN. Her many other awards include the Tyler Prize, for Environmental Achievement, the Kyoto Prize, the Benjamin Franklin Medal, the Gandhi King Award for Nonviolence, and the Templeton Prize. Another remarkable woman is Wangari Matai, Kenyan social, political, and environmental activist. Her early work at various volunteer associations led her to realize that most of Kenya's problems were caused by environmental degradation. In 1977, she founded the Greenbelt Movement, which focuses on environmental conservation, community development, and women's rights. In 2004, she became the first African woman to win a Nobel Peace Prize for her contribution to sustainable development, democracy, and peace. Since 1901, 109 Nobel Peace Prizes have been awarded, only 18 of them to women, including Wangari Maathai and Mother Teresa. Like Jane Goodall, Wangari received many great awards for her work, including the Goldman Environmental Prize, the Edinburgh Medal for Outstanding Contribution to Humanity Through Science, the Jane Addams Leadership Award, the Livingston Medal from the Royal Geographical Society, the Indira Gandhi Peace Prize, and many others. And now, for something completely different, Joy Spence, the first female master blender. Joy's first creation was a special rum to celebrate the 250th anniversary of the Appleton Estate Rum Distillery. Soon after, she was creating custom rum blends for high-profile clients like Ronald Reagan and Princes William & Harry. In 2016, she was able to achieve geographical indication for Jamaican rum. Geographical indication certifies a product is specific to a geographical location or region and possesses unique qualities or is made by traditional methods. It's what separates French champagne from other sparkling white wines or Kentucky bourbon from other American whiskeys. The following year, Appleton Estates released the Joy Anniversary Blend to mark her 20 years as master blender, and she was named the most influential woman in the cocktail and spirit world. For her service to the rum industry, Jamaica awarded her the Order of Distinction Officer Class. Back in Pakistan, 1977, Benazir Bhutto was returning after studying international law and diplomacy in Oxford. Her father had recently been elected prime minister, only to be imprisoned after a military coup a a few days later. He was executed in 1979. Benazir inherited his leadership of the Pakistan People's Party. She was arrested and detained over the years and exiled. But in 1988, Pakistan's dictator was killed in a plane crash, and Benazir was elected as prime minister. She was the first female prime minister of a Muslim nation, and at only 35, she was one of the youngest chief executives in the world. She brought electricity to the countryside, built schools, prioritized hunger, housing, and healthcare, despite facing constant opposition from the Islamic fundamentalist movement. She was once again exiled for nine years but was able to return to Pakistan in 2007. Her homecoming rally was the target of a suicide attack that killed 136 people. She survived the attack, ducking behind an armored vehicle, only to be assassinated the following month at a campaign rally. Benazir Bhutto never stopped advocating for democracy, and she was posthumously awarded the UN Prize for her work in human rights. More recently, in New Zealand, Georgina Bayer became the world's first openly transgender mayor and member of parliament. She was the keynote speaker at the first and second conference on LGBT human rights, as well as the keynote speaker for the Eagle Canada Human Rights Trust's annual gala. During the 2020 Queen's birthday honors, she was appointed a member of New Zealand Order of Merit for her services to LGBTQ rights. Also in New Zealand, currently the 40th Prime Minister. Jacinda Ardern is among the youngest of world leaders. Last year, she was ranked 34th on Forbes' list of 100 most powerful women in the world, and Fortune magazine put her at the top of their list of the world's greatest leaders for her leadership at the onset of the pandemic, her handling of the Christchurch mosque shooting, and of the Fakari White Island volcanic eruption. She is only the second woman to give birth in office, the first being Benazir Bhutto. Our Dern focuses on the New Zealand housing crisis, child poverty, and social inequality. Next on my list is someone you likely won't know for philanthropic or humanitarian efforts, but rather for portraying none other than Hermione Granger in the Harry Potter franchise. In 2014, Emma Watson was appointed a UN Women Goodwill Ambassador and delivered an address at the UN headquarters to launch a campaign He She, urging men to advocate for gender equality. In the same year, She was named Feminist Celebrity of the Year by the Miss Foundation for Women, and in 2020 she was ranked sixth amongst the most inspired women in the world. Last year she hosted a panel on climate change at the 2021 UN Climate Change Conference in Glasgow, but it was that 2014 UN address that inspired the last woman on this list to call herself a feminist. Malala Yousafzai, born in Pakistan, 1997. Her father was an educational activist and humanitarian, and Malala followed in his footsteps from an early age. In 2009, she was writing for BBC Urdu under a pseudonym describing life during the Tariqi Taliban occupation and appearing in documentaries and interviews. She was even nominated for the International Children's Peace Prize by Desmond Tutu. In response to the attention she was garnering, Taliban leaders met and unanimously agreed to assassinate Malala. So... In 2012, as she was riding the bus home, she was shot in the head. While undergoing surgeries, Angelina Jolie made the first donation to what became the Malala Fund, an international nonprofit organization advocating for girls' education. The following year, on her 16th birthday, she spoke in front of the United Nations, calling for worldwide access to education. The UN called the event Malala Day, and she wore one of Benazir Bhutto's shawls and named her as a source of inspiration. It was her first public speech since the assassination attempt and the first ever UN youth takeover, with over 500 youth education advocates in attendance. She said, Malala Day is not my day. Today is the day of every woman, every boy, and every girl who have raised their voice for their rights. In 2014, she became the youngest recipient and second-ever Pakistani recipient of the Nobel Peace Prize for her struggle against the suppression of children and young people and for the right of all children to an education. She has received the Sitara-e-Shujat, the second-highest civilian bravery award given by the Islamic Republic of Pakistan, as well as the Mother Teresa Award for Social Justice and the Ambassador of Conscious Award from Amnesty International. She was the youngest ever U.N. messenger of peace and named one of Time's 100 most influential people in the world, amongst many other awards and recognitions. And that wraps up Women's History Month for 2022. I hope these women will inspire actions and may we, as daughters of the British Empire, live up to their legacies and proudly walk the paths they are forging ahead of us. We've added many books to our Goodreads account, so if you're looking for something to read or are interested in learning more about any of these women, please go check that out. And don't forget, you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, LinkedIn, and GuideStar. And you can email me, podcast, at dbenational.org, with questions, comments, or topic suggestions. But until next time, not ourselves, but the cause.